work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, so today we're going to cover a little bit about Ukraine and we're going to cover a little bit about um, some of the cover ups that have been going on uh, with regard to uh, COVID, uh, some of the pushback that's going on against globalism. Um, and it's. It's it, you know it's clearly and it's evident that we are in a a world a global struggle and and people a lot of people don't even know it but we are in this struggle in some ways you know you would get up one day and you think you're winning and then the next day you think you're you're there's no hope and um, I feel that way all the time you know because the struggle is fierce. And, you know, we've just started seeing them push out the uh, COVID mandates again. The the DOJ is actively pursuing, um, through an appeal, uh, mask mandates. And again, this has more to do about future use, future pandemics. They want the CDC to be in charge of what you do with your body. They want to be able to tell you, and they want to tell you and base it. Basically, they're going to try to base it on some sort of a, you know, we're not telling you what to do. We're trying to save the public. The same reason why we could censor your speech, that you can't yell fire in a uh, theater, because that might cause people to stampede each other and on their way out of the uh, theater. Um, that could cause injury. So they're basically that's how they're getting around it. They're trying to drum up this type of uh, contagion and this kind of fear uh, to get people to comply to the uh, to the mandates and the mail-in balloting and the uh, moving of people. They move people around like pawns. You know, one of their strategies for invasion 
is to simply export all the fighting age males out of Syria or out of uh, a tribal location in Africa. Give them a give them a five, give them all kinds of money. Give them an airfare. Give them a plane ticket. Give them a bus. Like we could afford to do that, but they're doing it. In the name of USAID and in the name of the State Department and the name of the CIA and intelligence on the ground, they can manipulate anything. They could rig elections. They can install tyrannical leaders. We've done all of that in Ukraine and in Africa and elsewhere through our State Department and throughout the Middle East. You know, just look at Pakistan, a country as large as Pakistan, and we're throwing Imran Khan out because he wants to buy his oil from Russia because he's not towing the line of the globalists. And Georgia Maloney, she might be next because she is not a globalist like the other globalists in Europe, and she's heading up Italy. But she is buckling under pressure. But what they do is they create these conditions, whether they'll, they'll uh, throw a bomb into the area and call it a bunch of refugees, or they'll buy you tickets, a, a, a one-way ticket out of there. And then what happens? What's left? In the name of charity, by the way, in the name of humanity, they'll do this. They'll do this. They'll create the crisis and then they'll have the refugee expected refugee crisis. And then the world will come together. The globalists will come together and import that slave labor right into their, into their web, like a spider web of decay. These globalists are monsters. And what is left behind from the land that was just left? A crater where the bomb was or some tyrannical leader that gets shot in the head. And then what happens next? Well, if they have gold, and if they have cobalt, and if they have precious metals, we just go in and mine it. We didn't even have to get the land rights. We didn't have to pay anybody. The money it would take to buy that land and make that deal, to go and mine in those world, in those uh, acres of land, with all those precious minerals and Supplements, where these people are mining in the Congo, for example, all day long for 20, you know, 20 bucks a day. Working in the mud, 18 hours a day, young people. So they say, here's a ticket, here's a carrot, here's a, um, a bunch of money. You'll stay at this hotel, you'll be in, living in this city, and you'll get a new life and a new career. Do you want to do it? And they say, yeah, well, the State Department and all their brilliance will look at that and say, how much would it cost if we were to buy the land rights? And how much would it cost for us to create this era of manipulation? And one's cheaper than the other. So this whole open border and paying these people to come from wherever they are and coming through our open border flying them to a certain point and then getting them on a bus, putting them near the border and letting them go through 
They might be wearing a yellow armband or something that indicates who they are. It's down to a science. It's a process. And we've made a deal that we're going to go ahead and import these people into our country. And wherever they left, that land is going to be defenseless because these are fighting age males that are coming across the border. Half of them are terrorists. And another half of them are carrying diseases. But don't you mind, middle class. Don't you mind. You're going to pay for it and you're going to like it. And you're going to shut up. And that's what they're saying to you. That's what our government is saying to you. Meanwhile, they then go and get these sweetheart deals, whether you're a Biden and you're invested heavily in uh, mining for cobalt, like they did with Freeport McMorrin, or whether you're manufacturing batteries to support your green agenda. These globalists are profiting from it. We'll push it, but we need to profit from it. And what we need is we need land rights to these precious metals in Afghanistan. So we sell out to the Taliban. The Taliban sells their poppy for heroin. We create an agreement that allows them to put their heroin across our open border. And we promise not to arrest them. And they say, good, business is good. And then meanwhile, we get an exchange and we get to go and mine for cobalt and precious metals that are used to manufacture airplanes in Afghanistan. And they're right on the west coast of China. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that's going on. It has, and and you could talk about supply chains all you want. But whatever is happening is not working. I'm paying, you know, what am I paying for eggs these days, right? I mean, what am I paying for food and gas, oil, clothing, everything? Why are there so many empty shelves? I feel like I'm looking at a Russian documentary from the 1970s. It's pathetic. The globalism isn't working. It's failing. Do you feel less free or more? more, Do you feel like you have more freedom or less freedom today than you did 30 years ago? If you're that old. And you got people like Lindsey Graham that just keep getting reelected in South Carolina, red states. They should know better. But of course, like I said last week. They didn't even have a political primary in South Carolina. That's how bad it's gotten. They've used COVID to actually just ban elections. And Lindsey Graham is a byproduct of that. And Lindsey Graham, you know, he's all over this, pushing this war that's breaking us financially. So we're going to talk about Ukraine today a little bit. And we're going to play a few Lindsey Graham clips and we're going to start. We're going to start with this one. So let's take a listen to what Lindsey Graham has to say. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty correct. You've got the uh, the Baltic states willing to give German tanks uh, to Ukraine. You've got Poland willing to give in German tanks to Ukraine because they're in the crosshairs of Putin. You have Germany unwilling to give tanks to Ukraine. The Leopard tank in Germany is the best tank for the fight against the Russians. And the United States is refusing to send the Abrams tank. And Germany is hiding behind that. So here's what I learned on our trip. We're 11 months in this war. Uh, the Russian army is being decimated in many ways. The fight in the east uh, is at a turning point. Without tanks, Ukraine cannot expel Russia. With tanks, they can. And this tells me that Germany and the United States, 11 months after the war started, is still not all in in achieving the goal of allowing the Ukraine to expel Russia. They're intimidated, I think, Germany and the United States, by the bluster coming from Putin. So here's my statement to the United States. For God's sake, send a few Abrams tanks into Ukraine. They can handle it. And that will open up the floodgates and put pressure on Germany to send the tanks that the Ukrainians need right. to expel Russia from Ukraine, which is the goal. Europe did a great job getting away from Russian oil and gas, better and more, and yeah, more significant absolutely. than anyone thought. So that's good. Uh, the bad news is they're drafting another 300,000 people if they, don't, if they can <laughs> find them. Uh, right. And there's about 50,000 of the Wagner group that's making some progress. Yeah. So just give you just believe this administration uh, wants them to do okay and hopes they win, but will not give them enough to win. Yeah, it's been like pulling teeth. They got one foot in the camp of winning and one foot of trying to preserve some kind of off ramp. What did I learn from meeting with Zelensky? There is no off ramp. The Ukrainians are not going to voluntarily give up any of the Ukraine to the Russian invaders. They're going to fight to the last person to expel Russia from all parts of the Ukraine. As soon as we buy into that as our goal, we will win this war. You would think that Lindsey Graham was some sort of a buffoon like Sergeant Schultz general uh, for the Ukrainian army. Only The only thing is, he will be the last one to step up and give his life for that effort. He will be the first one to enrich himself on that. And that's the problem. So, you know, of course, Tucker Carlson knows. Let's take a listen to what Tucker had to say about it. So you vote for a political party and you have no right to expect they'll do everything you want or that their views will be exactly the same as yours. You may send them money and loyally support them. And of course, there's going to be some divergence between what you want them to do and what they actually end up doing. But for a party just weeks after taking office, in this case, Republicans in the House, to flip 180 degrees on two of the biggest topics in American life, that's kind of a middle finger right in your face, isn't it? Here are a couple of examples. The new chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Michael McCall of Texas, just announced on CNN over the weekend that any Republican who opposes sending billions more to Ukraine needs to be, quote, educated on why the borders in Ukraine matter a whole lot more than our borders here. Watch. A lot of members of your conference, fellow Republicans, they want to stop giving money to Ukraine. Should Ukraine be worried that the money is going to stop coming from the U.S.? No. No, I think there's enough support on both sides of the aisle, majority in the, the Democratic Party, majority in the Republican, the national security chairman like myself support this. We, we have to educate our members. I don't think they quite understand what is at stake. So it was just right before the last election in November that Michael McCall, that guy, was saying, no, we really should audit all these billions we've sent 
to Zelensky and his wife in Ukraine because we have no idea where the money went and we should know before we send more. Now he's just saying no. The only group in America doesn't need to worry. You, you have to worry. You can't afford eggs. But Zelensky and his wife don't have to worry because we're never going to stop sending them billions of dollars. Then he went on to demand that the Biden administration send M1 tanks to Ukraine because that's the part. Not to our border of his state over which over 7 million people have come in the last two years. No tanks on our border. But tanks for Ukraine's border, they don't have to worry. And Lindsey Graham, of course, agrees. Lindsey Graham got completely unhinged visiting his real constituents in Kiev over the weekend. Watch this. All three of us, Republicans and Democrats, share the same goal. Всі троє нас, і демократи, і республіканці, ми поділяємо спільну мету. For Ukraine to drive the Russians out of Ukraine. To achieve that goal, the Ukraine military needs tanks. І щоб досягти цієї мети, українське військо потребує танків. I'm tired of the show surrounding who's going to send tanks and when they're going to send them. Of course, Germany could pay for it. Europe could pay for it. Ukraine is in Europe. But there's Lindsey Graham standing between the two most left-wing members of the United States Senate demanding that you pay for it after a full year. They lied to you for a year and told you Ukraine was winning. Now they're conceding Ukraine is losing and you have to double your commitment to Ukraine. Wow, they really don't care about you, do they? At all. And just to underscore how little they care, a few days ago, the new chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, a Republican from North Carolina called Patrick McHenry, announced that one of the biggest problems with American finance today, the thing he's worried most about, is that too many white men work in banking. This fact, this overabundance of male whiteness, is apparently a pressing emergency. So Congressman McHenry directed all six of the financial services subcommittees to get to work fighting whiteness. The subcommittee on housing and insurance, for example, will focus on, quote, policies that continue to strengthen diversity and inclusion in the housing industry. How about just housing for American citizens? No, it's got to be race-based, according to Congressman McHenry. In the case of the subcommittee on oversight, diversity and conclusion, inclusion were the only specific oversight focuses that were listed. Now, what is this? We asked. We called around Capitol Hill. And one person with knowledge of the decision-making told us that Congressman Henry is doing this because he does not want to upset Maxine Waters. That would be the ranking Democrat on the committee and a person with a long history of making hateful and violent statements about white people. So Maxine Waters is an out-of-the-closet racist. She's an accomplished hater. But Congressman Patrick McHenry of North Carolina is anxious to placate her. Not you, her, Maxine Waters. Now, why? Why is he so anxious to make Maxine Waters happy. We reach out to Congressman McHenry's office today to invite him on the show to explain. He, of course, declined. How are these Republicans getting elected, right? You know, that's the, that's the million-dollar question. And, you know, speaking of Lindsey Graham, here he is defending Joe Biden on the uh, document gate. Because we're going to talk about Pence here in a second. What are your national security questions? I just, what was, you know, what are the same thing for Trump. I mean... Why did you do it? What were in the documents? How were they held? Who had access to them? Um, let me just say this. I've known President Biden for a long time. I don't think there's... I'd be shocked if there's anything sinister here. What are your national security questions? I just... Well, he would be shocked that Joe Biden would do anything sinister? Are you kidding? Did you read Ashley 
Biden's diary? This is what Joe. Uh, this is what Lindsey Graham said about Joe Biden uh, in the. I think it was the lead up to the. Uh, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not sure exactly the date on this, but this was insane that he would say this. This was uh, about the time when Joe Biden lost his son Bo. If you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably you got a problem. <laughs> you need to do some self-evaluation. Because what's not to like? Here's what I can tell you. That life can change just like that. Don't take it for granted. Don't take relationships for granted. I called him after Bo died. And he basically said, well, Bo was my soul. I've talked for a long time. He came to my ceremony uh, and said some of the most incredibly heartfelt things that anybody could ever say to me. And uh, he's the nicest person I think I've ever met in politics. Is that right? He is as good a man as God ever created. And we don't agree on much. But I think he's uh, been dealt a really gut blow. I think he focuses on what he's got to do, not what he lost. His heart's been ripped out, but he's going to make sure that the other members of his family is well taken care of. And he started talking about his grandkids. More worried about them than anything. We just talked about the future. Yeah. He started talking about the future, the future of his family. So the two meanest people, the two most vile senators... That I could think of are Joe Biden and Lindsey Graham. And now Joe Biden is president and Lindsey Graham is protecting him and covering for him. Why? Because they those two were severely corrupted by Ukraine. Amy Klobuchar, Mitt Romney, Kofor Black, you know, which was Mitt Romney's advisor and former CIA dude. And... uh Lindsey Graham, John McCain, and all of those guys were basically doing a trade. Lindsey Graham, I said, Lindsey Graham has been aligned with Biden and McCain for decades, exploiting endless wars for profit with their partners in the military-industrial complex. Just ask Kofor Black and Mitt Romney about Afghanistan or Bush, Clinton, and Obama in Iran and Iraq. They ran oil for weapons. And that's what they did. We were shipping weapons to Ukraine and they were selling them for oil. And somewhere in the mix was the launder, you know, the laundering of money. And Burisma played a big role in that. And that's why there was a connection between the Middle East, which was the wild, wild west, unpoliced, in the wake of uh, the collapse of Iraq. And rather than Iran take over, uh, we put Iran at bay by giving them $150 billion. And in exchange, they left Iraq alone. And we used ISIS, we, we took out Qaddafi, we used Qaddafi's assets to finance Iraq. Iraq was a mercenary group that was looking over the oil pipelines that were going into Africa and into Europe. And part of the way that these things were being paid for was through weapons. There was an exchange. It was like a barter. 
And somewhere in the middle is a broker. And the broker are the politicians. And Lindsey Graham and John McCain and Amy Klobuchar and Mitt Romney and Kofor Black were basically fixers. They were brokers. They were in the middle. They were engaging and connecting, sort of like the World Economic Forum. How the World Economic Forum works with get has government leaders uh, and the, the World Economic Forum is a hub where uh, where where state leaders, government leaders get to partner and co- uh, coalesce or partner and coordinate with corporations. And I'm not talking about small corporations, I'm talking about big corporations. And what's happening when that happens is you could skirt around your own state's constitutional restrictions. And you can fulfill and get agendas done. Like, because they're private corporations. And the same thing is done in rules of engagement, like we talked about yesterday. Rules of engagement, meaning I can't bomb, you know, I can't uh, bomb without a green light from Obama uh, a bunch of ISIS terrorists. Well, of course, we weren't supposed to bomb them. They were watching our oil wells. Uh, they were watching these black market oil wells that were pro- uh, part of the profiteering of these senators. So if naturally you wouldn't kill them, those guys. Um, and so you have these illegal partnerships. Benghazi, you know, Gaddafi was a toll collector to Africa. And Egypt was also a toll collector in Africa. And we we got rid of Egypt and Libya. We threw, overthrew Mubarak. We overthrew Gaddafi. And if you look at the northern part of Africa, it's Egypt, just south of Israel, and then it goes over and it's Libya, and it's, um, you know, across, across the, uh, the, the northern sphere, all the way over to Morocco. And Algiers is another one. And, um, and so we, we destabilized that region so we could basically not have to pay a toll and not have to work with cooperation, just like we were talking about in the beginning. They, they, they could do it one of many ways. They can create refugees and move the people out and send them through our southern border for processing and give them a whole new life. Meanwhile, the land is barren. Nobody's living there anymore. And we just go ahead and pillage the earth uh, and rape it of its uh, natural resources. And so it's a win. And the politicians are either going to get their money that way or another way. It's the same thing when a politician buys swampland and then decides, declares it not swampland and puts a highway through it. And then all these stores come up and their property value goes through the roof. And you could take this same scenario to the World Economic Forum. You could take it to the military industrial complex. You could take it to, to anything. And we see it happening all the time. And the Uniparty is all part of it. You take, for example, Zelensky here. He's talking about BlackRock, BlackRock and J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. Sounds a little like Greta Thunberg, don't you think? You've got to save the world. You've got to save the banks, she said. Greta Thunberg pushing this climate hoax. It's BS. 
Incidentally, Iceland has more ice this year than any other year in 50 years. Any other year in 50 years. It's, it's amazing, really, uh, the amount of ice caps that are going on in Iceland. So, you know, what gives? What's that about, right? So we got that. I was actually looking for that particular um, story, but yeah, I, I did read it. Iceland has more ice caps. Oh, right here, found it. Iceland has coldest December in 50 years. Reykjavik has only been lower three times before, which was the December of 1878, 1886, and 1880. CO2 warming is a hoax. Steve Malloy, Junk Science, at, at Junk Science on Twitter. That's, uh, I, I love this stuff. But you talk about the private industry colluding with government to profit from these things, whether it's to capture land and build upon it or mine it, or whether it's to sell weapons in exchange for oil uh, and ben- to the benefit of the military-industrial complex. These tanks and these Javelin missiles and all these other things are very expensive. And you're going to hear a report about that as well today. So let's take a listen to Zelensky. It is obvious that American business can become the locomotive that will once again push forward global economic growth. We have already managed to attract attention and have cooperation with such giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, J.P. Morgan, and Golden Sachs, such American brands as Starling or Westinghouse have already become part of our Ukrainian way. Your brilliant defense systems such as HIMARS or Bradley's are already uniting our history of freedom with your enterprises. We are waiting for Patriots. We are looking closely at Abrams. Thousands of such examples are possible. And everyone can become a big business by working with Ukraine in all sectors from weapons and defense to construction, from communication to agriculture, from transport to IT, from banks to medicine. And I believe that freedom must always win. He must be getting tired because didn't he just say as that sending Ukraine heavier weapons like Abrams tanks represent a big business opportunity for U.S. corporations? Hmm. That's letting the cat out of the bag, don't you think? Here's Lindsey Graham bashing Trump supporters. What is your reaction to hearing what Donald Trump says? I disgusted. it. Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. America First, right? Yeah, this guy. What is your reaction to hearing what Donald Trump says? I disgusted. Well, I want to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. I think what you like about him, he appears to be strong when the rest of us are weak. He's a very successful businessman, and he's going to make everything great. He's going to take all the problems of the world and put them in a box and make your life better. That's what he's selling. Here's what you're buying. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. 
He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. I've been in the Air Force for 33 years. I retired this June. He's the ISIL man of the year, by the way. Just got back from Morocco a week ago this Monday. I know. We interviewed you live from there. You were with mm-hmm. Senator John McCain, and you were going to tour. So here's John, John, uh, here's John McCain. Uh, now, John McCain and Lindsey Graham. This is uh, before the election, right? So here's Lindsey Graham calling ISIS ISIL. We know what that's about in Levant versus in Sham, right? ISIS is in Sham. ISIL is in Levant. So that was basically coded language, ISIL. When anybody said ISIL, which the only people that ever said it were Obama. So this this gave to let everybody know Lindsey Graham was in bed with Obama and Biden. Okay? That's number one. What's he doing in Morocco and Africa? What's he doing there? And why is he there? Of course, you know, doesn't he represent South Carolina? Why in the world was he just in Ukraine last week? I mean, why is he you know, in the Middle East all the time. This guy travels more than anybody you know. You'd think he was Secretary of State or John Kerry in the name of climate or Al Gore. But he's getting rich. I would love to see Lindsey Graham's tax statements. Iraq to get a status report. What What were they? You lie from there. You were with mm-hmm. Senator John McCain and you were going to, to Iraq to get a status report. What What were they saying there? You don't have to go to Iraq to get a status report. Okay, you could do a Zoom call. About all of this. The military leadership and the diplomatic corps. Now, we have young men and women in harm's way all over the world, particularly in the Mideast. They were concerned about this rhetoric because the enemy will use it against us. Um, so what was a concern last week has to be DEFCON for this week. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. He's putting... People at harm's way all the time for senseless wars so he could put money in his pocket. Because what Mr. Trump is doing, and I don't think he has a clue about anything. He's just trying. <laughs> He's just more bad-mouthing Trump. He hates Trump so bad it's not even funny. I've never seen anybody hate a man more than he hates Trump. And I never saw a man gush over a guy like we just heard Lindsey Graham gush over Joe Biden. So clearly, what the heck is South Carolina doing? Electing a guy like Lindsey Graham. You tell me. I don't understand that. Especially when they voted overwhelmingly for Donald Trump. It doesn't make any sense. And in here, we have another mixed message from the United States government. Let's take a listen to this. This is U.S. Um, this is Biden has asked Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and six other Latin American nations to send their old Russian weapons to Ukraine in exchange for new U.S. military equipment. Okay, let's listen. If I talk to uh, my number two um, adversary a, in the region. This is a four-star general in the military, a woman. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, General Richardson. All right, let's take a listen. Probably a member of the Joint Chief of Staff. If I talk to uh, my number two um, adversary in the region, Russia. I mean, I've got, uh, of course, the countries, uh, Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua with uh, Russia relationships. But what I really look at, and six other countries, by the way, so a total of nine that have Russian equipment 
uh, in them, and uh, we're working to replace that Russian equipment uh, with United States equipment if those countries want to donate it to Ukraine or uh, the cause that's happening and be able to replace that with, uh, with U.S. equipment. If I t- it's not a bad idea, really. I, I kind of I like the idea, but uh, I said U.S. government has been selling weapons from the military-industrial complex, paying for them from revenue generated by black market oil, drugs, human slave labor, and sex trafficking, supplementing as needed by USAID, CIA, State Department tax dollar financing for decades. This is nothing new. It, it really is a shady business. Um, let's take a listen to, uh, it says here, uh, let's see. Interesting story here. Um, several Ukrainian officials, high-ranking officials, have resigned pretty much en masse or been fired in a corruption scandal that has rocked President Zelensky's administration 11 months into Putin's invasion. The shakeup includes President Zelensky's deputy head, Kirill Tomenchenko, who resigned yesterday, Topachenko, I should say, uh, after he was photographed driving around in a Porsche, I believe in Spain, on vacation. He was also under investigation for his possible link to the embezzlement of $7 million worth of humanitarian aid. There he is holding his resignation letter. <laughs> so we're giving money and we're not accounting for it. That should go a long way in the House investigating and demanding that we have uh, traceability to this funding. That's that's what that's about. Um, because there's a lot of people that say that's going to slow down the progress and that's going to cost people's lives. Well, you get a story like that, you can't throw good money after bad, especially when we don't ha- have it anymore. Let's take a listen to uh, Byron, Byron York. That the number of Javelin missiles... That the number of Javelin missiles sent to Ukraine since last August equals seven years of production. We are disarming ourselves in this proxy war right now. Not least, the United States is committing 59 Bradley fighting vehicles, 90 striker combat vehicles, 53 mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles, 350 Humvee armored vehicles, and hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammunition. On a potential major Russian offensive in the works because not all of its troops that have been mobilized have actually gone to Ukraine yet, so they still have people in reserve. But the Democrats, the liberals... Well, there. So that's that. Um, yeah, it's it's we we cannot afford this. Is the point? Um, <clears throat> so we're going to pivot, and we want to. Uh, I want to get to a couple of other uh, issues. Um, so let's start with this one. Um, scientists warn. Eggs are causing thousands of people to suddenly form blood clots. Do you believe that? Eggs? They're going to blame eggs now? (laughs) I said, yeah, right. So maybe it's the clot shot or maybe not, right? That's causing blood clots? Yeah, right. They're trying to figure out every single way to get out of a lawsuit. That's what they're trying to do. They basically are shooting from all angles, like in Delhi Plaza, and no one knows where the bullets came from because of those triangulation, echo, uh, people couldn't. Uh, did it come from the South Knoll, the Grassy Knoll? Did it come from the book depository? 
Where did it come from? Nobody knows. They were right there, but they don't know. So, you know, you create this chaos. You create scrambles. And next thing you know, you have outcomes that are completely unpredictable and confusing. So, again, the headline is, Scientists warn eggs are causing thousands of people to suddenly form blood clots. Could it be that Bill Gates is having us get our vaccines through our food? It wouldn't be the first time he said that. But I said, yeah, right. So maybe it's the clot. Maybe it's a clot shot. Maybe it's not. Good luck with your lawsuit without a study to prove it's not. It's the clot shot and not the egg. Never trust science that benefits the globalist deep state. Never. That's the bottom line right there, is you can never do that. Let's take a listen to this. This is sort of like a video audio meme. It's just a reminder of what we need to be listening uh, for, watching Between for. conservatives and liberals. If a conservative doesn't like guns, they don't buy one. But if a liberal doesn't like guns, they want all guns outlawed. If a conservative is a vegetarian, they don't eat meat. But if a liberal is a vegetarian, they want all meat products banned for everyone. If a conservative doesn't like a talk show host, they switch channels. Liberals demand that those they don't like be shut down or cancelled. If a conservative is a non-believer, they don't go to church. A liberal non-believer wants any mention of God and Jesus silenced. If a conservative decides they need health care, they go about shopping for it, or may choose a job that provides it. A liberal demands that the rest of us pay for theirs. If a conservative sees this, they'll forward it so their friends can have a good laugh. A liberal has already swiped up. But first, they reported this video for hate speech or something. (laughs) It's pretty funny, right? It's absolutely true. I was so uh, taken back by that. But even liberals are starting to uh, get to the, uh, throw their hands up at liberals. Um, So that's a good thing. Uh, It says, it's a medical issue. I do not want to be dictated. There is no, so this is Bill Maher. There is no science, especially in medical science. You can recommend whatever you like, but I must insist that you don't insist how I handle my health. Okay, so let's take a listen to this. It's a short, short, fairly short clip here. Private health care decisions. Be careful with that phrase. I read in the front page of the New York Times this week, there is a new voting block, a new constituency, anti-mandate. They said mostly parents. But these are people who are not going to vote based on Republican or Democrat. They're going to vote based on COVID policy. I'm. One- you get that? They're going to vote based on COVID policy. I believe that's actually true. Let's take a listen again based on COVID policy. I'm one of them, and I don't even have kids. (laughs) You know, it's a medical issue. I do not want to be dictated. There is no the science, especially in medical science. You can recommend whatever you like, but I must insist you don't insist how I handle my health. I never was... Yeah. Okay? No, I... Uh, Obama... Obama told me, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Well, I did and I do. And my doctors, I know many of them, say very different things because doctors are afraid to speak out. 
You've written about this a lot, right? Yeah. And I want to listen to the ones who are sometimes afraid to speak out, although you can find them. Yeah. I, I think that's the one issue where the Democrats are really, really weak on the, the freedom topic is the freedom of speech issue. I, I, you know, that's, become, that's become a very difficult and fraught issue for, for Democrats. Uh, you know, ever since the beginning of the, the content moderation era on the Internet, there are a lot of people who associate the Democratic Party with people being taken off the Internet and, you know, right. people being afraid to say certain things. And that's, you know, that's not a positive, I think, which is, and it's the complete opposite of what I remember uh, liberalism being about when I was growing up. I mean, you know. Especially in medical science, which is eminently debatable, and they've already been wrong about so much in this particular crisis that we've had, not to mention everything they've been wrong about in the past. So don't sit there in your white coat telling me we have all the answers. You obviously don't. That's pretty good. And Bill Maher had Taibbi on, Matt Taibbi, um, and a, a woman. It seemed like his show might be switching. I think he changed his his. Um, I think he changed his position on things. How could you not, though? Right? I mean, based on everything we've seen. I said here, um, I read this yesterday, you know, of course, Mike Pence discovered classified documents uh, in his home. And I said, Mike Pence is more aligned with Joe Biden than Trump. We know that Biden supports Robert Hur's special counsel, sealing his pay-to-play documents so that they don't get exposed to the public. He also supports, Biden supports Jack Smith's special counsel, which is sealing Biden's, the Biden dirt found at Mar-a-Lago, particularly crossfire hurricane documents that Trump had. And they want to seal all that data in a special counsel investigation so that the House of Representatives can't investigate it. It's under investigation. It's, it's, on, on a, it's, it's sealed. It, it can't be touched, right? Um, and then we have uh, this. It says, and, and it supports Hunter being off limits as a private citizen despite holding all evidence. So um, Hunter Biden is basically, we can't, we can't take, we don't have enough time to take calls today, but uh, I did see the calls coming in. Um, but uh, Hunter Biden you know, basically is being used like that mosque we talked about. You store, you know, oh, the rules of engagement. We can't bomb a mosque. So then naturally the terrorists hide everything in the mosque. Well, Joe, Hunter Biden was the guy that had all the, all, the, all the dirt. But they're only going after him for an unregistered gun and some sort of a tax filing. Other than that, they're not going to go after him. He slept with hookers. He, you know, he's, he's handled classified documents. He's done so many things. And it's absolutely, uh, but oh, I guess all of that's legal in some way. Last I checked, John's uh, from Hooker's got arrested, but not, not Hunter Biden. Um, but they're trying to say he's a private citizen. He's allowed to trade on his father's name. That's not a crime. It's not, a, it's not, we don't want to see it, but it's not a, 
So, but we know that an audit needs to be done, that Joe, Joe Biden was profiting from his son's riches that he got through his dad's name. But somehow they're working it out the where it's legal. It's absurd. And nobody's buying it. But the benefactor of this, it's blowing up in their face because people like us are talking about it. And the 2024 presidential election poll, Donald Trump, 44%, Joe Biden, 41%. But when it goes to Joe Biden and Ron DeSantis, it says Joe Biden, 40%, Ron DeSantis, 39%. It's a seven-point swing towards Trump from November poll by the same pollster. This is the interactive poll. This is actually a pretty good poll. Um, here is uh, Mike Pence asked the question when he was asked the question, did you take any classified documents with you from the white house? You take any classified documents with you from the white house? Uh, I, I did not. I did not. Um, do you see any reason for anyone to take classified documents uh, with uh, them uh, leaving I, the white I house? I don't. Well, there'd be no reason to have classified documents, particularly if they were in an unprotected area. Uh, well, there were classified documents, and they were in, as you report, an unprotected area. Well, here's the thing. Um, Donald Trump said, leave Pence alone. Pence has never done a thing wrong in his life. He's like a Boy Scout, right? And that was an interesting response that that Joe, uh, that Donald Trump, basically said that about Mike Pence because Mike Pence trashed Trump over the documents, right? That's what that interview was from. Like, I don't see why that would happen. Well, Mike Pence was the vice president. So of course people were saying, and like I said, Mike Pence is aligned with Biden more than he is with Trump. Just like Lindsey Graham's aligned with Biden more than he is with Trump. Just like you know, all these rhinos are. Mitt Romney is aligned with Biden more than he is with Trump. And you can go on down the list. This is a problem with our country. Because the deep state and the uni party is protecting its own because they're profiteering from these things. All of this stuff. And these documents are in their possession because they're trading state secrets for money. That's what they're doing. This isn't by accident. Um, And even if it is, I mean, the thing is, Senator Biden has classified documents. Vice President Biden had classified documents. A lot of people distinguish that there's no reason why a vice president would have access to these documents outside of a skiff. How did they get them? They must have taken them. I remember when Sandy Berger got in big trouble for carrying a couple of documents out. How do you explain these things? And they're not being protected. They're not in a secret place. They're not in a secure place. I think this is a a cover, allowing people to cover, uh, allowing Pence to cover for Joe Biden. Yeah, see, vice presidents do it too. Even the Republican ones do it. But they treated Trump much differently than they treated anybody else. That was yet another one of the you know, another one of the problems. So Bill Gates warns Australia to prepare for the next pandemic, which could be a man-made and far more brutal than COVID. Wow. I'm sure Bill Gates knows better than anyone what the next pandemic will be like. 
and they keep pushing this appeal for the man, uh, mask mandates because they know that the next pandemic that's coming, they're going to want to lock you down, put the, strap a mask on your face, and get you to continue the mail-in balloting. And uh, we should never permit that. And of course, Tedros is talking about the disinformation. Underestimate this virus. Surveillance and genetic sequencing have declined dramatically, making it more difficult to track known variants and detect new ones. <clears throat> and there is a torrent of pseudoscience and misinformation circulating. Pseudoscience. Which is undermining trust in safe and effective tools for... Trust in, uh, you know, we, you got to believe us. You got to believe us. We've been wrong all the time, but believe us. Don't believe anybody else. Just believe us. Also, one more thing. I'm going to play this clip really quick. Uh, this was really great. This was from 1998. Take a listen. 1998. Across the millennium years is crunch time in this whole agenda. Crunch time for the human race. This is the time when this network of interbreeding bloodlines wants to bring in its global fascist structure of a world government to which nation states would be administrative units. Um, of a world central bank and a world currency, a, a currency that wouldn't be cash, it would be merely electronic, for which there are fundamental implications for human freedom. And also the world army, which is designed to be NATO, um, expanding and expanding as it is now, of course, to become the fully-fledged world army, world police force. And underpinning that little lot is designed to be a microchip population in which we are microchipped with our financial details, our medical details, etc., etc. Um, and that would allow not only electronic tagging, people knowing where we are all the time, it would allow the external manipulation through this electronic means of our mental and emotional processes. This will happen unless the human race wakes up and wakes up fast. And to do that, we need to understand what's really going on. And to let people know that we've got to stop beating about the bush stop pulling punches stop pussyfooting around keeping information from people oh my goodness how will they react and just say this is going on take it or leave it make of it what you will but this is what's going on wow that's very good foresight um in 1998 that was recorded that's amazing uh but you know it's been happening for a long time, and this is all part of a plan, and we reject it here on The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for listening to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out Magapack and make a donation if you can. It uh, helps us out greatly. Um, we are advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, if you go over to MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code, Red State. So magapack.org and a red state as your promo code over at my pillow. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. My kids right up to bed.